702. Family Matters. On our Family Matters feature this morning, I want us to have, and I appreciate how difficult and triggering this conversation may be for, for, for some of you. I want us to talk about how we can navigate the trauma of early pregnancy loss. So whether it's miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion. And not only for the women who conceived, but for the fathers too. How have you navigated that trauma? There's a lot of evidence that early pregnancy, that shows that early pregnancy loss has a psychological impact. It may be anxiety, depression, or even PTSD. So there are a lot of couples out there who have gone through that journey of becoming a parent only to miscarry or only to have a stillbirth. Other people have had to make the difficult decision to abort. And for those who have had to make that difficult decision, there's also this idea that, in fact, there's this culture that disenfranchises their grief because they treat abortion just as a, a black and white political or religious issue. Either you're for abortion or you're against it. As if that experience of making that difficult decision somehow doesn't bring up trauma for you. So the reality is, whether through a decision taken by you or through an unexpected incident, this kind of reproductive trauma can affect you as a parent, as a woman who's conceived or as a man. And that can linger for a very long time. So how can you deal with this kind of trauma? And how can we support those that are dealing with it? You can share your experiences with us on 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Tabiseng Libina is a clinical uh, social worker who's going to guide us through this conversation. Tabiseng, appreciate you making time for us this morning. Dumelang. Good morning, good morning, Clement. Uh, thanks for having me and good morning to your listeners. Thank you. Um, thank you for, for making time for us. So, It's a pleasure. It's, it's such a difficult um, conversation, especially for, for people who have gone through this journey of, you know, a pregnancy, this journey of um, becoming a parent only to miscarry or only to have a stillbirth or only to have to make the difficult decision of aborting um, that baby. What, what, what's the kind of psychological impact of these scenarios on women who, are con- who have conceived, but also on the, the men, you know, the fathers of, of the kids? Okay. Um, you know, abortion in itself has has psychological impact, whether it was planned or unplanned. And with coupled with the trauma that one experiences, there's, there's loss and grief in the process. So the process in itself, it, it can be traumatic depending on a, quite a number of factors. Mm. Mm. Depending on a number of factors, uh, it could it depends on your religious belief uh, and, and and your cultural background. 
It depends also on, on your belief about the fetus. It depends on how far you are with the pregnancy as well. That also has, has an impact because some people have an abortion or they have a miscarriage at a time where the child was almost due. So this mother has had a relationship with this child. And for fathers that are involved in the pregnancy, there's been moments where they have bonded with, uh, with the baby during, during the pregnancy. And then it also depends on your belief as well in terms of this is now in cases of a planned abortion. Mm-hmm. Because even if sometimes the circumstances puts you in a position to, to abort at that time. When one sits back and reflects, at the time of the decision, it seemed right. But when they come back to reflect, the process can be very traumatic. The experience can be very traumatic. The reasons that informed the decision at that time cannot now make sense because now one is back to their cultural beliefs what they've come to know about the abortion. And one other thing, the process in itself, the physical, uh, when when you have the abortion, the process going through the whole physical process is, is, is traumatic. And one really never forgets what happens at that time when the abortion is happening. Mm, mm. So is it, is it, is it mostly, you know, perhaps anxiety? Is it depression? Is it PTSD? that is often experienced as a result of this kind of trauma, whether from that abortion or from, from the miscarriage or um, having a stillbirth. What are the it kind of... One, yeah? It can be one or more. Mm. One can go through depression immediately uh, after, because there's also what we call a delayed onset of uh, uh, mental illnesses when we respond to traumatic experiences. So one may look fine at right after the incident and have the delayed onset, probably develop depression eight years later, 10 years later after, after the abortion. And if the abortion is linked to a specific traumatic experience, such as, such as rape, you know, for example, there is, yes, the possibility of one developing post-traumatic stress disorder. So one can have one or more than one mental illness from uh, from an abortion, mm-hmm. possible, yes. There's a perception, you know, sometimes that, well, it's the women who have conceived who often, grew, who often go through those, um, you know, post-traumatic um, you know, mental conditions mm-hmm. and not the fathers themselves. From your experience um, in the space, how does that impact on the father? So, you know, far apart from, of course, this incredible pain that the women who conceived, you know, the pain that they will go through after the miscarriage, after the stillbirth or the abortion, how's the impact on the fathers and this is not to con to compare but it's just to also shine the light mm-hmm. on how true. they deal true. with it mm-hmm. true uh that, that is a very big misconception i think we as socially when it comes parenting and children we are so quick to put the father aside the very same way that we think mothers are the best parents 
that is the same mentality we have when a child is lost, that uh, the mother feels the pain more than the father. And as a result, this puts men in a very compromising position because they they now want to act strong. They now want to act as the supportive partner. And in the process, they neglect themselves. And then, of course, any trauma that we don't deal with, any emotion that we don't create space for, has a way of dealing with us. Hence, we will end up seeing men behaving differently after the incident, whereby one may start drinking a lot, one may start withdrawing, or one may start being a record, or any other form of an unhealthy coping mechanism as a way of coping with the trauma. And we also forget that the father too has lost the child. Remember when the child is conceived, already there is a future that is created. We already begin to see ourselves nine months later with this human being. We see ourselves taking this human being to crash. We see ourselves preparing for school for this little being. We, we have so much that, uh, that we look forward to in the future. So with the miscarriage or an abortion, we both, the father as well, have lost that future and has got to deal with the loss of that future. So it actually has very uh, deep also psychological uh, impact on a man. And to some extent, they also feel responsible some men feel they didn't do enough. Some men feel it's something that they there's something that they could have done to prevent it. Some feel there's something that they could not have done uh, that you know to to prevent it. And also the pressure to look to see their partner going through this, still feeling they are not doing enough to support them as well. So there's there's a whole lot of emotional distress that men go through, and we need to support them and allow them and create that safe space for them to express these emotions and the trauma that they're experiencing. Mm. You know, sometimes when, when you have these conversations around the trauma, um, is, is the conversation around the guilt. Is there guilt that often accompanies having another child after the loss? Because, you know, some parents, you know, will, some women will try again and and then some of them will say because of this experience with the stillbirth because that they're experiencing mm, you know sometimes when when you have these conversations around the trauma um is is the conversation around the guilt is there guilt that often accompanies having another child after the loss because you know some parents you know will some women will try again and and then some of them will say because of this experience with the stillbirth because of the experience with the abortion or the the miscarriage there's there's some sense of guilt that they feel when they are trying again or they are conceiving again or they've got this new child again uh, just help us understand you know what 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 that is about feeling guilty because of what where, where you've been in the past experience like before the parent could even think of having another child, there's that guilt of blaming themselves. Women go through the guilt of blaming themselves and, and finding reason in their own body as the cause of 
the miscarriage or the stillbirth or even uh, the abortion taking blame i could not protect much they they feel they have the responsibility to protect the baby and they fail so they go through that guilt even and one needs to to work through that guilt to prepare themselves to have uh, when they are ready to have another child and when having another child it's it needs to be clearly understood that it is not to replace uh, the other child and it is also not to get over the other loss and having another baby is not a solution to deal with the the loss that one has already suffered but there are feelings of guilt and they go with feeling responsible like i said even with the fathers as well they also feel some form of guilt feeling i should have done more uh maybe i should have rubbed her feet even more maybe i should have made sure that she doesn't go you know the the guilt is there the guilt is there and the blame that uh, the parents go through be it um, uh, the father or the mother mm-hmm. How how can we be there and to be saying for the people that are going through this cuz you know on on the one part sometimes this can cause conflict among the parents themselves because there's also a blame game that often mm-hmm. is experienced where you know there's a miscarriage and then there's a blame game whether it's the mother blaming the father for something else you've put me through stress or you've not been helping out I've mm-hmm. been under pressure or the father saying you know you were not taking time to just rest or whatever the case is often there's that blame game um but then also as you also have a situation where when a woman has just experienced that sometimes the father doesn't know how to be there for the woman or sometimes he's there for the woman at the point where he ignores the importance of also reflecting and healing himself because he doesn't think he's just as aff- as affected as 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 the woman who's conceived suppose the broader question i'm asking is how can we whether it's the kids whether it's the husband it's the wife it's the the grandparents how can we offer support um to people who have gone through this kind of experience Firstly, we we need to validate their experience. We need to validate their emotions. I think the mistake that we make is trying to to get them out of those emotions that they are wrapped up in, uh, trying to make them feel better. So, first thing we need to acknowledge the pain their experience as is from their from their reality as they share it understanding that healing from this uh, kind of experience it is a process so sometimes we try too hard in our attempts to try too hard we end up saying things that we don't mean to hurt them but unfortunately we do you cannot tell a, a couple that has just had a miscarriage or still better you are still young you'll try again The, the, we, we can't say that. Yes, the intention is to give them hope that in the future they they stand a chance of having another baby, but that's not where they are at the moment. That is not being helpful. That is invalidating what they are going through at the moment. We also uh, need to be careful in terms of how we we put our words when we try to comfort them. 
things uh, like it, it is God's will. If the mother asks you, how is my pain God's will? Mm. You are put in a spotlight now where you need to explain. So it, it's those little comments that we make. Yes, our attempts are to make them feel better, but unfortunately, we are not helping. Sometimes it's okay to just be there. Your presence can be more than enough. Let the person lead you through their grief. Remember this experience, even if you've been through it yourself, you don't know what the person is going through. Because that's the other thing that we make as well. We make reference from our own personal experiences, forgetting that the person you're talking to is not yourself. And there are specific factors that are contributing towards their unique experience. So on the surface, yes, it may look like you're going through the same thing, but there is those there are those experiences that are under the iceberg that you don't know, which are unique to this person. So don't compare your journey with that of them so let's support them where we can't it is also okay to recommend professional intervention to help uh, to advise them to get uh, a professional help especially if we notice changes in them especially also if we notice that they withdraw from us because sometimes when you make those comments they shut down and we we we, we then tend to think they don't want to open up to us, we are here for them. It's because we are here, but what are we saying to them? Our comments are hating them more than making them feel better. So it is also okay to ask or to recommend professional intervention to help the couple through this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we need to be very careful of even our words. I mean, you, you mentioned that often people say, yeah, but you know, it's the will of God or I know what you're going through. Um, and we don't know um, what people are going Honestly, through. we don't know. We, don't. we <laughs> exactly. can imagine, but we don't know. And sometimes it's, it's, it's and I mean, it's, we don't mean bad. And I know we don't mean bad. Yeah. But, but words. You know, that's the thing. Yes. Mm. At the time, the intention is not to hurt. Mm. Hence, um, uh, we are appreciating these types of platforms to educate our people that, yes, unintentionally, you mm. don't mean to hurt, but those are comments that are causing more pain to the person. Sometimes we even, you know, we we bring in cultural beliefs to say, but you know, in our culture, you are not supposed to do this, this, this and that. We are feeding to the guilt that the mother is already feeling in our attempts to help. Sometimes people don't even mind to come and say, you know what, let's go consult a sangoma. Something could be wrong. So you are putting the blame on, 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 on the parents now because they need to look at themselves and internalize the whole experience to say, what did we do? But in all honesty, you can find that yeah. it's a medical condition that can be explained through scientific research, through medical procedures and medical uh, uh, doctors can give an explanation, but you are turning it around and making it about them, which puts the fear now that if we don't sort this thing out, it means we are more likely to experience the same thing the next time. Yeah. So it's more about how we phrase our words when we, when we try to support yeah. our loved ones going through grief and loss, yeah. through abortion and all miscarriage. 011 um, how have you navigated the trauma of, of this early pregnancy loss, of this kind of reproductive trauma, whether it was a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or an abortion, not only just for women who've conceived, but for the men as well? 
How have you navigated that? Hi, Clement. Um, so exactly two weeks ago, me and my partner, we, we lost uh, our pregnancy. Um, and it has not been easy. Um, it was the second one. The first uh, miscarriage, we had it in May last year. So this one was our second, but I think I, I'm struggling to cope with it. I can't, the pain is just too much. And since it happened on the 14th of November, I have, I have a, a migraine headache that's constant from the 14th up until now. And as a coping mechanism, I'm not taking any medication. I'm using the, the, the migraine pain to cushion the emotional pain. So it's, it's terrible. As a father, I was looking forward to this pregnancy, but the universe, the God, it other plans and it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I think my, my partner is, is taking it, I don't know, she's coping well on, on, on the face value. I can see that she's doing much better than me, but um, I'm struggling. Anonymous from Cape Town. Oh, Anonymous, um, thank you for, for sharing your experience with us, and I'm sorry to, to hear about that. And Tabi Singh, I'll give you an opportunity to respond to that after the don't miss it. 702 Family Matters. We continue with our conversation on our family matters feature this morning. And Tabi Singh, I want to give you an opportunity to just respond to uh, uh, that voice con- note from Anonymous yeah. just before the headlines. And, yes. Yeah. And he seems to also suggest that, um, you know, his, his partner is sort of finding a way to cope. Um, and he feels like he's really struggling to a point that even the migraine that he has is using that. He says he's not taking medication for that physical pain so that he can cushion, okay. cushion that emotional pain. Yeah, uh, Clement, before I make a direct response, I would like to use uh, our anonymous caller situation just to make a few general uh, comments. It could be that the part, and I'm not saying this is the situation with them. It could be that the, the partner is aware of how much he's struggling and she's deciding to be strong. Not necessarily that she's coping, but she has observed and decided that I need to be strong for him. This usually happens. And also possibly the partner is not sharing his pain and grief with his partner because he's looking at her and saying she's coping if i have to burden her now with what i'm going through i'm going to trigger her which is very common when we are grieving either as a couple or as a family we look at the other and then let their behavior determine how we express our own grief and just to come to the migraine issue, yes, when we are going through emotional and psychological distress, it does at some point and mostly manifest physically. We become physically ill. These are called psychosomatic illnesses. 
whatever form of treatment that one may use to treat the physical uh, symptoms, one at the end of the day needs to get to the psychology that is contributing to the physical illness that one is going through. So I would say to Anonymous, because it's clear that he is not opening up to his partner with the fear of not disturbing her as she's making progress. I would suggest that he gets a safe space, uh, whether a friend or a professional, where he can have a safe space to express his experience and his emotions. He's not dealing with one uh, mascara, it's two. And there's the likelihood that this one has triggered the previous one as well. So get a safe space, get the support so that you, you can be assisted to go through this. Don't go through it alone. And the physical illnesses are the signs that emotionally and psychologically you are taking in a lot and need a safe space to just let it all out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that response. Uh, let's go to some more WhatsApp voice notes. Good morning, Clement. Uh, great topic as always. Talking about... Uh, surviving a miscarriage um speaking as a father as a man i'd like to say that we need to be there more physically and emotionally for our women we need to look after them we need to make sure they don't feel like it is their fault we need to make sure that they know that we still love them regardless and we know that it um they would have it in a different way if they would but it wasn't meant to be Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, and then um, another message here, uh, Tabi Singh says, Hi, Clement. And Tabi Singh is correct there. There's a tendency to ignore the man during that loss as if only the mother feels more pain than the, than the, than the woman. It leads to a lot of resentment. I know, I should know. Um, we went through a few uh, before we had a success. Uh, that's a message there from Anonymous. Oh. Another one says, Clement, good morning. 14 years of trying for a baby with my partner, I conceived, I guess around March or April. The problem came when I had the worst period cramps and I started taking medication for the cramps, either conventional or traditional because I was so much in pain. I didn't think that it was pregnancy after so long. So when the period bleeding began and prolonged, I went to the doctor who did a pregnancy test Though I was bleeding and it was positive, but unfortunately, um, I was miscarrying. I no longer take meds for period pains. I just um, suffer through the pain, but I wish I had been wiser. Uh, but how was I to know since conceiving seemed impossible for about 18 years or so? I'm 40 now and I'm still hopeful, but I'm scared. I keep my pregnancy test kit as a sign of hope. That's another message there from Anonymous. Um, thank you for sending that for no, us. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm, I'm also glad to hear though that you're still hoping. And I really pray that um, you can get uh, that blessing of, of a child that you so much yearn for. Um, Tabby saying, I suppose that speaks to you a little bit about the guilt we were talking about earlier because Anonymous keeps asking, keeps saying, you know, she's at a point where she's even stopped taking the medication, you mm -hmm. know, because for the period pain. So she just suffers through the pain because she's like, she doesn't want that mistake, um, quote unquote, 
uh, to happen again. But as she says, how could she have known? I mean, she didn't know at the time that she was pregnant as she was taking um, the conventional and the traditional medicine. Yes. Uh, I think Anonymous needs to believe that she did not know. Yes, it sounds like, yes, she's saying that how could she have known? But there's a part of her that does not fully believe that because she is still feeling somehow responsible. And also there's, there's trauma. What trauma does to us, we live current or our present time referring to the experiences of the past and trying to be in control of the future. This is what uh, Anonymous is doing. So I would recommend that she gets trauma counseling so that she's able to resolve the trauma. We are not saying uh, there's there's any guarantee or certainty to the future, but we are, what we are saying is for me listening to her, it is important for her to resolve that trauma so that she can divorce the experiences of the past. I'm not saying she must forget. She will not forget, but the impact that the past experience has on her present uh, situation is is dire and she needs help to resolve that trauma so that she can be able to move on with life and live in the presence and allow the future to unfold than also than always referring to the past and trying to be in control of the future yeah yeah me and my forever miss carrie when we actually when we got married in our first few months we overcome it because we were reading some books about marriages before we before we got married and the book that was talking about a lot of things that car, uh, car, married couple go through one of them was was miscarriages and we were able to move through it and eventually we have four children right now so because we are ready to deal with some of the things that married couple go through in marriages and i'm i'm grateful for that case in car- Oh, thank you um, for that. Another one says, Clement, good morning to you. And Tabby saying, I lost my baby through a missed uh, miscarriage in 2018. It was a dark year for me, even though I had another baby in 2020. I still wonder what it would be like if I had the opportunity to give back. With some of the things that marriage couple go through in marriages. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Oh, thank you. Um, for that. Another one says, Clement, good morning to you. And Tabby saying, I lost my baby through a missed uh, miscarriage in 2018. It was a dark year for me, even though I had another baby in 2020. I still wonder what it would be like if I had the opportunity to give back in 2018. It was a dark year for me, even though I had another baby in 2020. I still wonder what it would be like if I had the opportunity to give back. Right? Embrace, yes you know, the children they have now and also deal with, and that's not, I imagine, that's not to say forget about that experience, but just to help them navigate just that feeling of what could have been so that it also doesn't end up impacting on how they go about raising these children now that they've been blessed with. Yeah, let me also add something, uh, Clement, before I respond, which most parents who went through miscarriage don't talk about. Even the question of how many children you have can be a trigger. 
Because a person does not know whether they must say two or one. If they say one, are they disregarding the other one? If if they say two, uh, what are they going to say when you ask where's the other one? But it's important for us to know that loss through miscarriage is it's, it's like death. How we go through miscarriage is the exact way we go through death, loss and grief. So we allow ourselves to go through the process of grief, knowing that when we are grieving, we will be at a time where our life is mostly consumed by the loss. And as time goes on, we will move to a point where we are restored in terms of going on with, uh, with our lives. But somewhere in between, we will be moving back and forth. However, as time goes on, the, the, the distance or the time frame between when we are consumed by green, we will be moving back and forth. However, as time goes on, the, the, the distance or the time frame between when we are consumed by green, if, uh, 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 the boy was uh, what kind of a parent I would be. Those are normal questions that the parent goes through in their process of grief. And we know that grief is not a destination. We don't get to a point where we say, mm. I'm done grieving. Mm. We grieve for as long as we live, but we need to have an understanding that we will be maneuvering between the, the grief period and the restoration. We'll be going back and forth. It's normal. So I would say, Get, get counseling for yourself to understand the process of grief so that you are able to make space and allow yourself to grieve your lost child while you're still uh, taking care of this present one because the two can coexist in your life. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break. It's 12 minutes before 12 o'clock. When we come back, uh, we'll take more. 702. Family Matters. Uh, 10 minutes before 12 o'clock on our Family Matters feature now we're wrapping up a conversation uh, we've been having this hour about navigating the trauma of early pregnancy loss whether it's a miscarriage it's a stillbirth or maybe you had to make the difficult decision to abort Um, how have you navigated that? How have you dealt with it um, with your partner? And did you get the necessary support you needed? And what kind of support is required um, by those around you when you are going through something like this? How can we be there uh, for people who've gone through this trauma? Anonymous says, uh, hi, Clement, the hardest thing to navigate is sharing the news of being expectant with a friend who is struggling to fall pregnant. Um, you empathize with their trials and tribulations regarding pregnancy and loss, but because of the relationship, there's that expected level of sharing, even if it may be triggering. It's really, really uh, a tough place to be in. And I don't know if you've got some tips here. I suppose, um, Tabi saying, if you have a friend who's really been struggling, maybe they have miscarried and you want to be there for them, but as a, as a friend of theirs, maybe you are expecting a child you also don't want to be a friend that simply doesn't say anything because that will still be an issue. So how do you navigate that in a friendship or maybe even as siblings? Maybe it's a sister who's been struggling and you are now pregnant, but you don't know how to raise it without triggering, you know, that loved one. Okay. Uh, truth is you are going to trigger them to some extent. 
but your uh, the sensitivity uh, the how you do it the timing as well is is important so uh i would say choose a the right time you know there's always the right time to say things and the right way to say things also at the same time don't be more concerned about not triggering them because that is outside of your control and you may not be in control of that but at least prepare yourself to be able to offer support and containment when when they are triggered that is if they are uh, more than anything is is how you break the news just break just look at how you break the news where the environment the timing and then be ready to contain any uh, triggers or uncomfortable emotions mm. uh, uh, showing up. Mm. Another person says, um, good morning, Clement. I saying I had three miscarriages in 2015, 2016 and 2020. And I have two living or surviving uh, rainbow girls aged five years, born 2018 and 33 months, uh, born 2021. I still have flashbacks of how the second miscarriage happened. The sound of blood coming through my vagina was the worst feeling ever. My worst fear is to be pregnant again, as I don't think I will survive another loss. It's way too traumatic. Uh, thanks for having this conversation. That's a message from, from Anonymous. Another one says, um, Clement, amazing take there by Intabi Singh on how blunt and insensitive cultural and religious beliefs can be on our physical and mental health experiences. We need more of this, of these, of, of this educational content. Losing a part of you is not easy. Uh, that's Sabelo messaging us um, from Rockville. Um, and yeah, that's a point you were making uh, much earlier, and Tabi saying, and that's that really is a reality, right? So many people ha- have to be subjected to these problematic sentiments and and comments you know and sometimes there's toxic positivity as well right where people say at Mm. least you know they want you to be positive in a way that's even that that's even um uh, toxic so i suppose as you said earlier we need to do the work as well in understanding language and and how to be there for people without forcing them into toxic toxic positivity and without you know also claiming like we understand what they're going through Exactly. Exactly. Mm. I'm gonna play that, the, that's mm-hmm. that is very important, yeah. Yeah. Um we're just gonna wrap up with um this WhatsApp voice note. Afternoon Clement. Um you know the topic is so triggering, especially if you have had a failed pregnancy or you are still struggling to conceive because it's a silent killer that a lot of us women suffer through, but nobody's willing to talk about. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah. Tabi Singh, um, think on that note. Um, we're going to wrap it up. How do people uh, get a hold of you? There's two people who had asked how to how they can get in touch with you. Yes. Uh I, uh, people can get hold of me uh, through my cell phone number. I'm reachable on 
I can be raised on that number. All right, oh eight two three two three five triple eight. That's how you can uh, yes. get a hold of Ntabi Seng Libina, who is a clinical uh, social yes, worker. Yes, the number thing. is also on WhatsApp as well. Great. So if one can does not have the luxury to call, because this is a very sensitive issue, and and mm. you know sometimes even getting the in terms of what to say when I make that call. Yeah. You are safe to just give a WhatsApp text and we can take it from there. Great. Thank you so much for, for joining us for this uh, difficult conversation. And thanks to you um, for having found the courage to also share your stories and your experiences with us. I hope you um, will get somewhere in that journey of, of healing um, because nobody wishes what you have had to go through on anyone. It, it really, really is a difficult experience. And I hope um, you can get to a point where you are beginning to heal. Thank you for sharing your stories with us.